Hello, Restoration Church, sitting here with Nathan, uh, another episode in the Church Basic Series. <laughs> I know that people are going like, another one? Another one. This is probably the last one, though, right? May, no, we'll squeeze at least one more or two more. I don't know. We'll see. Do, we, you, do you know what you're thinking about? I have at least one in mind. Oh, interesting. So we'll I see. I don't even know what that is, listening <laughs> audience. I thought this was the yeah, last one. Yeah, no. So uh, we've covered many things. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the Church Covenant. But before we do that, Nathan, a, a quick reminder on membership and why we call it covenant membership. What's going on there? Yeah, so first, just to remind us, we live in a society where committing to something uh, is just not really, you know, something that uh, uh, is really highly valued. And so, especially when we commit ourselves to something that's going to call us to something, to deny ourselves something. So uh, membership is biblical. We've walked through that, and we've said that it's biblical because we see all kinds of things in the Bible where it's just assuming it. Uh, so things like the one another's, things like excommunication. And, uh, and membership, we're just talking about a formal commitment. That's right. Who, it's, who's with who? It's defining the who and the what of the gospel, right. right? And so it puts those boundary lines to sort of say, like, this is the team we're on. So I can see there might be some other people playing in the soccer game, but I know these are the people wearing the same uniforms as me are the ones that are on my team. And so the, the, so that's what membership is, is we are members of Christ's body and uh, we make sure and recognize who's the members of Christ's body, 1 Corinthians 12, whereby we walk them through this membership process that defines it. And then at the membership process wherein they say, yes, I believe this. And we say, yes, we believe that you believe this. Therefore, just like a marriage ceremony, it creates this covenantal relationship wherein we both recognize we are part of the universal body of Christ. That's right. And so, therefore, uh, just like though in a marriage ceremony, Joey, uh, there are vows when you're making a covenant so as to define, not only define or begin the relationship, but it also helps us understand how this relationship is going to work itself out. What are we going to do? Like in a marriage, what does it mean to be married? It doesn't mean just we just get to have sex, right? I mean, like it, there are things that a husband's supposed to do and a wife is supposed to do. And so the covenant helps define that. Right. Yeah. And so just like our relationship with God is defined by a covenant, so it is the great command, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, love neighbor. Mm -hmm. And so church members are neighbor. And so our covenant gives shape to what that relationship looks like. And so that's why we have church covenant. So So how are we going to do this? Do what? This, this, this podcast. We're going to walk how, through. How are we going to be a church? <laughs> I hope we know the answer. Uh, we're going to walk through our church covenant. And so that gives shape to... Uh, our church. And so our, we have two, uh, several main documents in the life of our church, but the two ones would be the statement of faith, which is what, Nathan? What's our statement of faith? Statement, statement of, faith of beliefs. Is, this is what we believe the Bible teaches. And then our church covenant says? How we live out what we believe the Bible teaches. That's right. Do you know, you're a history guy, do you know the history of our church covenant? I do. Yeah, most of it came, the covenant? Oh, yeah, the, the covenant. covenant. The covenant. I was going to uh, go to statement of faith. Yeah. Uh, the covenant, I know that we adopted it largely from Metropolitan Baptist Church. Yes, which... I try, I've tried to trace down the history. As far as I can get back is 1830s and a guy named J. Newton Brown. Huh. So it's, it's a historic covenant that churches have been using yeah. for centuries. So yeah, and as you see, as we walk through these things, I like to say it all the time. We didn't just come up with this or, or mankind, whatever the Brown dude, he didn't just come up with this. All these is, you'll see this. They're just Bible verses. That's right. So real quick again, what's the difference between, why don't we call it a membership contract? What's the difference between a contract and a covenant? Contract means you get to set the terms and get out of them. 
whereas covenant is God-ordained. He initiates and he defines. That's right. And then and as I say also, a uh, contract, I, when I sign a contract, I'm trying to squeeze every bit I can to get the best for myself. Yeah. It's all about me. Whereas a covenant is self-giving. It has the good of the other in view. Yeah, and you'll note as we walk through this, you know, it's it's very much oriented towards God and neighbor, which of course is the purpose of life. That's right. Uh, not this is not popular at all, folks, because you know most of the time, as we talked on the last podcast, I think it was, you know, most of the time people just see church as kind of like a service provider, like Verizon or Jiffy Lube or Safeway. You just show up and get what you want and leave. But yeah. that's not the church. Yeah. And and the shape of the covenant is plural. There's no eyes in it. No me's and it. it's all we and us and our. And so, all right, let's start. So it's kind of, it's broken up in three main sections. We have the introduction, then what we call the mutual commitments, and then at the end, the benediction. So the introduction is this. Having, as we trust, been brought by divine grace to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and to give up ourselves to him and having been baptized upon our profession of faith in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we do now, relying on His gracious aid, solemnly and joyfully covenant with each other. So a few things in that introduction you want to pull out. Well, I think most notably, I think that it's the first thing that it says, having as we trust been brought by divine grace to repent and believe. So the first thing it says right out of the gate is, this wasn't us. This church didn't come into be into formation because of us. Uh, we individual believers didn't come into formation because of something we did, but it only is because of what God has done through Christ. That's right. So yeah. grace, right out of the bat. And then it defines how it is we come into relationship with God and one another, namely through repenting and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's expressed through baptism yep. in the triune name of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we rely on His gracious aid. Again, yeah. it's not like we're saved by grace, then we strive by effort. No, we're right. relying on His gracious aid. That's what brings the covenant. Yes. So yeah. now we jump in. You got the triune God too there. We have that listed, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So then we jump into the mutual commitments. All right. So we will work and pray for the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Yeah, that's Ephesians 4, 1 to 3, uh, Philippians 2, 1 to 4, a couple others. Yeah, that's right. So important. I tell people all the time, if people criticize our church's music or my preaching or whatever the case may be, I don't normally lose much sleep over that. The thing that I lose sleep over is that one right there. Unity? Unity. Unity. We will work for the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. That is almost a direct quotation from Ephesians 4. That's right. You know, if we have unity in the gospel, then we can get through virtually everything. That's right. Unity of a church is like the fine china, Mm -hmm. right? When it's there and put together, it's beautiful. But when it's broken, you can put it back together, but it's it's hard yeah. uh, to do. And so the unity. You'll there. hear me use this example a lot because it's such a good uh, illustrator. But in a marriage, if somebody is – if one of the two partners in marriage is very focused on something that they want over and above the unified marriage, then the marriage is a disaster. So in the same way it is with the church. If one or two or three or a little collection of people in a church want something above the gospel and the unity therein – uh, then it's going to mess the church up. That's right. That's why we pray often in our corporate prayers in my own life, God, let us put personal preference below gospel priority and unity. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Whatever is clearly taught in the Bible, that's what we're going to try to be united in. All right. All right. Next, we will walk together in brotherly love, exercise and affectionate care and watchfulness over each other and faithfully admonish and entreat one another as occasion may require. What is entreat one another? What is that word entreat? We need to update that word maybe. Well, there's a few. Yeah. So in, in, <laughs> uh, I think it's entreat is encourage. Exo- I mean, yeah, kind of yeah. uh, persuading yeah. uh, to, to follow faithfully after 
Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so a couple things going on there: exercise and affectionate care. Yeah. So not just care. I might, I might, you know, if you run out of gas, I might give you some gas. That that would be care. But it's not just that kind of care. It's more than that. It's like I want you to get where you're going, Sue, where because I want you to be at that place. So here's some gas. That's right. What so, and a yeah, watchfulness. Yeah. But for brotherly, but let me back up yeah, just a little yeah. bit. Walking in brotherly love, so it's a family love. Mm, Our church yeah. is to be family like. I understand yeah. that's hard with 132 members, but nevertheless, that's the nature. That's what we're striving for: is brotherly love, family love, affectionate care, watchfulness. That we're just watching over each other's life and doctrine. That's what Paul said to do with Timothy. So we're keeping on. I noticed, you know, Bob over here is doing this, or Sally over there is doing that, or we haven't seen people at church in a while, or whatever the case may be. We're making sure and keep each other, trying to encourage each other to stay inside of Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's where that faithfully admonish and entreat. So we're encouraging, we're admonishing when necessary, we're rebuking. And it's all, again, as occasion may require. Yeah. And so we do this as we live life together. That's happening in community groups, happening in a pulpit, happening in conversations outside. That's right. All right, so we will gladly cooperate with and submit ourselves to the elders of this church for the care of our souls, which is for our good. Don't you love how they put that there in the end? Well, like we're, we, I understand the elders are teaching this stuff, but this is for your good. Yes. Yeah. yeah so, so important. So elders, insofar as they're giving themselves to Jesus and to care for Jesus's church in the way that Jesus would be pleased, uh, even if it's hard to hear things, uh, sheep or church members need to follow those elders and submit to them. Because that's for their good. That's Hebrews thirteen seventeen. That's right. And I'd say is that the fellow each individual elder also does this to the other elders. And so this is yeah. not like members elders. Right. This is the so Joey Craft is a member of this church yep. and is one elder. Mm-hmm. I submit myself to the other elders. Yep, that's right. And so it's for everybody. Have you ever lost a vote on something? Oh, all the time. Yes, I have too. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm submitting to. I I don't get things sometimes as an elder, and that's a good thing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. it reminds us that God has given wisdom. Them to our brothers yeah. to help us shepherd along. We need leaders, and those leaders need to be caring for us and bringing us toward Jesus. Right. It's good for our souls, even when we don't want to hear things at times, to follow right. them. We will not forsake the assemblings of ourselves together, nor neglect to pray for ourselves and others. Two pieces there. So not forsaking, that's coming straight out of Hebrews 10. So that's, you know, Christians are known as the church, right? We've already talked about the church as an assembly, therefore Christians assemble. So if you're the church, you assemble. It would be strange to say, I am part of the assembly, and you never assemble. doesn't make any sense. So if you are not uh, regularly assembling, then therefore you are picturing something that's not true about God's people. So therefore we're just saying you're going to regularly assemble. This is why we would, for instance, excommunicate someone that refuses to assemble. That's right. right. Because, and that, yeah. And so I think it's in this also the idea of prioritizing the Sunday family gathering to yeah. worship with your family. Yeah. And so it's not relegated to, well, if I have nothing else going on, well, then I'll go to church. Mm-hmm. No, it's like, well, I need to ensure my trajectory of my life is prioritized around Christ and his church. Yeah. In those ways. Yeah. Imagine if you didn't show up with your own personal family. Like if, you know, if you never actually spent time with them or sat down and talked to them at a family meal, like you would recognize something was off. That's right. 
Yeah, and then neglect to pray for ourselves and others. So this is one of the great uh, disciplines of the Christian life is to pray. And again, church membership is so helpful because it defines those people of whom we've committed ourselves to, to pray for. In the same way that I pray for my wife, because she's my wife, I've committed to her, then I committed to these other church members, and so I'm going to commit to pray for them. And by the way, one way you can do that is this this directory. I'm holding it in my hands. That's right. Uh, I've, it'll, it is not an uncommon thing for someone to come up to me and say, hey, I saw so-and-so. Are they a member? And I will often say to them graciously and humbly, well, brother, sister, if you were praying through your church directory, you would know if they're members or not. Yeah. So and you can make it, you could make it through our directory. I mean, you have 130-ish members. If you pray two members a day or even three, yeah. you're yeah. praying for the directory every three or four months. That's right. And yeah. so Something a very deep. easy thing to do. So yeah. I'll pray for ourselves. And others. And others. That's right. So, so yeah. And that's even if you look in the beginning of our membership uh, book, there's ways you can pray for our church and for others. So we talk about the people we partner with in, this, in Central Asia and, and even whoever this is that's listening to this, praying for their own family members and that's people right. they know. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next, we will endeavor to raise the children under our care in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and by a pure and loving example to seek the salvation of our family and friends. Yeah, those th- two things go together, right? Because most of the time children need Jesus. So that's seeking right. the salvation. So that's uh, that's so important. You know, I, I, I love the fact that there's so many uh, other men and women that care for my my two sons. I was going to say, so is this is this part of the covenant only for those families that have children? No, heavens no. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I think about all the single guys that hang out with my folks, uh, my my kids, yeah. uh, that teach my kids on Sundays, that go play baseball with them and stuff like that. So, um, and they're doing it in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. I am happy for Joey for you to correct my sons. Yeah. Matter of fact, I want you to do that. That's right. Yeah, right. I, and I love the way the others, the other ladies, and even men in the church care for my daughters. Yeah, and not only on Sunday mornings they do that really well, but also just in my home, playing with them, showing what it means to pray and to love Jesus, and yeah. all those things. And so, Restoration Church, this is a corporate thing when we care for the kids. Yeah, yeah. So. I remember one of our members, Ruth, saying that the, I've, uh, she loves Restoration Kids because it gave her one way to follow this piece of the covenant. Amen. Yeah. And then seeking the salvation of our family and our friends. Obviously, this is so important. We seek to be evangelistic. If you are not seeking to make disciples, which is to say one part of that is being evangelistic, spreading the evangel, spreading the good news, then I don't know what you mean when you say you're a Christian. This is the best news in the world. People are dying and going to hell. We've got to share the good news with our family members and our friends. And so we're just committing to do what Jesus told us to do. And it's a joy to do it. It's hard, but it's a joy. Amen. Uh, we will rejoice at each other's happiness and endeavor with tenderness and sympathy to bear each other's burdens and sorrows. I've said enough. You well, I think so. On there. the on the back end, uh, bearing each other's burdens and sorrows. I think Restoration Church does this really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about the the text messages that we've been getting today about yeah. things that's happening and how yep. people yep. are saying, "What can we bring? We'll be there. We'll pick up the kid. We'll yep. do whatever yep. to care for the burdens and the sorrows yeah. of the people." And so I think we do that well. And yep. if you're listening and you have a burden or a sorrow, sometimes people say, "I don't want to burden somebody. I don't want to." This is what we sign up to do, beloved. That's right. That's we right. we not only have to, we get to care for one another in our burdens and our sorrows. And so mm-hmm. I think we do that well. However, I think the first part of this, in rejoicing in each other's happiness, I think sometimes that can be harder. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. when somebody else has something happen that maybe I want or whatever, and we rejoice over happiness. I think we do it well, but I yeah. think it can be harder. Yeah, you, I think to, about like the, you know, uh, Jake got a job at Amherst. 
You know, that's right. yeah. you know, I'm not, like part of me is like not happy <laughs> that he got a job, but like that's an important, that's a big thing in his life. That means yeah. they have to move and go up there to to Massachusetts. But like, I need to rejoice. You know, brother Jamie's sister, I'm so thankful. We were so glad you got a job teaching. This is what you've been, spent so many years doing. So even though we're, it may be at a detriment to me. We need to rejoice at other people. And by the way, that note to endeavor with tenderness and mm. sympathy to bear each other's burdens. The context of Galatians 6 is when you're actually calling people to repent of sin. That's right. So that a burden is when someone's trying to not follow Jesus. Yes. And we need to, in tenderness and sympathy, bear that burden with them, namely call them to follow Jesus in those things. That's right. So we rejoice in happiness and sorrows. Next, we will seek by divine aid. To live carefully in the world, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, and remembering that as we have been voluntarily buried by baptism and raised again from the symbolic grave, so there is on us a special obligation now to lead a new and holy life. Yeah, and that last sentence, Connor, is a good encapsulation of everything you read. By divine aid, we're going to live carefully in the world, a new and holy life. That's right. Uh, denying all ungodliness, worldly lusts, we're different, right? We we just went through uh, the book of Judges, and so we should be freshly aware God puts us in the land to be separate. The church should be a place where we're not reflecting the same, many of the same values of the world. We should be different. Yeah. Yeah. It's so different. holiness, lead a, a holy Purity. and a happy life in Christ. And Set again, apart from the world. Uh, we're helping each other do this. Yeah. And so this is not just an individual pursuit, but a corporate pursuit mm-hmm. as we live this out. Yeah. So. Uh, we will work together for the continuance of a faithful evangelical ministry in this church as we sustain its worship, ordinances, disciplines, and doctrines. Yeah, continuance of a faithful evangelical. So faithful uh, evangelical, so gospel ministry in this church. Sustaining it, which means it's worship, so we're going to do the kinds of things that will facilitate worship. We're going to do the kinds of things that will facilitate ordinances, which is baptism, Lord's Supper, the kinds of things that will facilitate discipline, which could be restorative church discipline, which we'll get to in a second, but it could just be regular discipline. Yeah, the formative discipling every day, helping people follow Jesus. Whatever. Yeah, and doctrines, and that is that statement of faith, you know. And I think even other things outside of it. We've got another yeah. position papers yeah. going back to the previous one, right? Uh, living carefully in the world. So we have, we have a position paper on gender and sexuality and these sure. kinds of things. So we're trying to, as a church, be collective in our being set apart to promote health and holiness. That's right. Uh, I'm going to read the next two together. Uh, They go together. We will responsibly steward our spiritual gifts to the service of this church and the community at large. That's kind of the the spiritual gifts and um, talents. And then the next one is more the financial. We will contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry, the expenses of the church, the relief of the poor, and the spread of the gospel through all nations. Mm -hmm. And so if I had to sum this up, basically we're saying that we are going to use our time, our talents, and our treasures, our resources to support Mm -hmm. the flourishing of the gospel inside of our church. Mm -hmm. That's the priority. And... Outside of our church, yep. both in explicit gospel ways, spread of the gospel in languages, but there might be things that are not explicit gospel. So I'm thinking like DC 127. They yeah, love Jesus, right. but at the end of the day, they're helping the foster care list. We mm-hmm. hope the gospel goes forth, but it's not only mm-hmm. gospel mm-hmm. there. And so, yeah, and so there, therefore, uh, whatever spiritual gifts you have and even gifts you don't have, you know, if you're if you're a member of this church and you're not serving the church in some capacity, then you're failing the covenant. Which, most importantly, you're 
failing the expectation of Jesus as a, as a Christ follower. That's right. So that we should be, whatever it is, picking up trash after service or whatever it is. I, who knows what it could right. be? You know, it yeah. doesn't have to be formal stuff too, as it relates to money too. I'm trusting that this stuff is happening outside of the kind of defined buckets of our church. So, you know, the only thing that our church does is not just those programmatic things. Our ministry is the people of Restoration Church. Man, I know that our folks do all kinds of things oh, and support yeah. kinds of other stuff that it's not necessarily a sponsored part of our church. That's right. Yeah, and even as you give to the church, uh, you're also helping care for the poor and the spread of the gospel through all yeah. nations. So, again, uh, at least I think it's like 12%, 13% of our, our monies goes directly to evangelism and church planting. Mm-hmm. And so I think about the ways that not, not only is gospel, but that's one of the ways we can best care for the poor yeah. is by planting healthy churches. Yep, that's right. And so I think about yeah. the work that's happening in the Middle East. Yeah. I think about the work that's happening through Sublime Gracia. Mm-hmm. Those are going to be tangible ways to care for the poor while proclaiming the gospel. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so helpful. All right. So we will agree to the statement of beliefs. And the restorative church discipline policy is defined by this church. Now, this is one we added. We did add. This was not in the 1830s from J. Newton Brown. Yeah. So, Joey, why did we add this one? Uh, one, because in the, the time and place in which we live, churches have literally been sued mm-hmm. for disi- enacting restorative. what the Bible says. Exactly, for yeah. enacting restorative church discipline yeah. on people. Mm-hmm. And so, in order to be clear about what we believe, and just in a way cover our our legal uh, eyes and dot dot the i and cross the t. We put this in here as a measure of prudence. Yeah, and I, I think it obviously I think fits inside of the covenant because it says we're going to agree to do this. We think this is right, and so it's a sticking it in there is a good reminder that like we need to give ourselves to these statement of beliefs. We need to give ourselves to properly disciplining those that are not following Jesus. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a good thing for us to be reminded of. That's right. Yeah. Then we will, when we move from this place as soon as possible, unite with some other church where we can carry out the spirit of this covenant and the principles of God's word. So, Nathan, the question I often get, especially in the membership bench class, is people will ask, so if I join this church, am I committing to the next church that I go to? I have to join a Baptist church. Is that what we're saying? No, no. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, you're probably wanting me to give a more emphatic no, but like, you know, if they if if they don't want to do that, then I'm no. I don't. I would have concerns as to why they would want to join this one. You know, but uh, so you know, because we in our statement of belief we have believers' baptism, so most notably. So why would they not want to go to another church? But nevertheless, so if they had some sort of aversion, why would they want to join our church? Would be my question. So anyway, that's not the answer you were looking for. But anyway, yeah, but I'm like I'm thinking like some churches don't call themselves Baptist. Yeah. What do you, like they be non-denominational. They were or another question I'll get is, are, am I committing to join a Southern Baptist church for oh, the rest heavens, of my life? No, no, uh, no and that's yeah. a more emphatic. Absolutely not. No, no, absolutely not. So, yeah, absolutely not. So, yeah. why, why do we have this in here? Why do we have anything in about about people moving on from Restoration Church? Well, it, it goes back to this notion that we were talking about earlier that if you are a Christian, you meaningfully join up with other Christians and assemble together to worship Jesus and help each other spur each other on to worship Jesus. And so, therefore, if you move from some other place and you don't do that, then I don't know what you mean when you say you're a Christian. Uh, I don't know what you mean when you say you're part of the church, the assembly, when you're not assembling with other people that believe the same evangel, the same gospel as what you said you believed here. So all this is doing is helping define the kind of exit strategy as to when you go. It gives them some expectations for everybody involved 
that there's a, you're going to go gather with some other sheep and another flock under the same gospel. That's right. That's right. So when, when, when members move on from Restoration Church, we follow up with them via phone or email and just ask, okay, what church are you mm-hmm. uniting with where you can continue to worship Jesus with another people? Yeah, in this principles of God's word, there's important, uh, important to note because if they, sh- if they, uh, move to another city and they join up with a Roman Catholic church. I'm going, no, 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 no. That's right. not the principles of the word of God that we believed here. That's right. That they believe a different evangel, a different right. gospel than what you said you believed here. So, so there are, it, it kind of helps define what not only that they should go to a quote unquote church, but it also in the principles of God's word, that notation there, it helps us to see what kind of church they should be going to. There we go. So, uh, and then the benediction straight from second Corinthians, uh, thirteen fourteen. It says, "May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all." Yeah. Amen. It's us pleading with God to do these things because right. we recognize we can't do it ourselves. We see at the beginning of this, having as we trust been brought by divine grace. In the middle, we will ask, we will seek by divine aid, and at the end, by the grace of God of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to help each other do this. And brother, sister, if you're a member of this church, if you're not a member and you're coming get regularly, let me encourage you to go to the membership class and pursue membership if you understand yourself to be a Christian. But if you have done that and you're a part of Restoration Church, a member of Restoration Church, and you want to know what should I be doing as a member, this is what you should look at. You should regularly pray for this. We have a weekly covenant connection. comes out in the email every week. That's I right. pray over that every week. Yep. As it comes down, it's at the bottom of the email. And yep. this just r- reminds us, just like a married couple, what should I be doing as a husband or a wife? This is what we should be doing with each other as a member of this church. Amen. Beloved, we're grateful for you. May God give us the grace to live in light of this covenant as it points us to the supremacy of Christ. <laughs>